This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, December 23rd, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy holidays to everyone out there listening to us. We are obviously now in the post-early signing period time frame. Uh, everything has kind of settled down in, in a way as we head into the All-Star season. We've got the Under Armour All-America game next week. We'll have a full team of 24-7 sports analysts there in Orlando to check in with all the recruits and all the prospects and bringing you all the latest buzz and insight from those practices heading into that January 2nd game. But I did want to take a look back at, at the biggest news perhaps ever in recruiting, and that would be Travis Hunter flipping his commitment from Florida State to Jackson State, the five-star corner, receiver, kick returner, Mr. Everything uh, out of the state of Georgia. And what we wanted to do here on this show was break it down from a Florida State angle. And and what better way to do that than to bring in the publisher of Knowles 24-7, Josh Newberg. Josh, you were on the show, the the signing day special that CBS Sports HQ was putting on uh, on that December fifteenth date, the first day of the early signing period, and and I thought you broke it down very eloquently. But the dust has settled now. I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of you know looking at that from a rearview mirror perspective, and and now that we've had time to digest it, I mean, can you still believe that went down? <laughs> yeah, we're about just over a week out from. When we went from like expecting a quiet little signing day to becoming the epicenter of the universe for a couple minutes there, <laughs> uh, that happened very quickly. But yeah, the dust has settled. My opinion on it really hasn't changed too much. Even in the moment, I recognized that we were witnessing something historic and you know, we were just along for the ride. Like the way I look at it is Florida State can go out and win two or three, say Florida State goes out and rattles off three national championships over the next four years without Travis Hunter. No matter what happens for FSU, good or bad, in 10 or 15 years from now, we're still going to talk about that moment when we talk about crazy signing days. Like it happened. It was a historic once in a life, maybe once in a lifetime. Maybe it's maybe it creates a whole movement, right? Like maybe this was, we look back at this as the tipping point of when college football rooting, recruiting completely changed as we know it. Maybe, you know, we don't know what it's going to be, but it was a significant moment and I could feel that as it was happening. Yeah, and I think that's the significant part about it, right? That it that you felt that it was seismic where you're wondering, okay, could this be the change? Like this could this be that first ripple effect that creates 
a, a lot of different movement and, and so many different scenarios now in recruiting. And, and it was a surprise. I think everyone uh, assumed that if there was going to be a school that Travis Hunter would flip from or flip to, it would be Georgia. Uh, but even with without Travis Hunter, I, I did want to ask you about Florida State because everyone kind of forgot about them, right? The, every, the, the whole focus turned on to Dion and it turned on to Jackson State and it turned on to name, image, and likeness. But I think it overshadowed what was a pretty good recruiting cycle for the Seminoles. They finished inside the top 15 after the early signing period with an average of 89, which is really good. It's 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 essentially a low four-star recruit per commit. And, and I felt like Florida State has been on that ascending trajectory th- this whole cycle. Yeah, I think so too. And um, this class was better than I had expected, even without with the departure of Travis Hunter. I thought my prediction heading into the season was this is probably a, a six-win team. And if Florida State goes out and wins six games, then they probably finish about 15 in the recruiting rankings. Well, Florida State went out and did worse. They won five games. And guess what? They're knocking on the door of a top 10 recruiting class. So yes, in terms of rankings, it, it w- w- is a little bit beyond my expectations of where they should be with a five-win team, but they still have big needs to fill. And they didn't get it done at defensive end. They didn't get it done at wide receiver. And they didn't get it done at linebacker, not to the extent that they needed to. So their class, while it's good in the rankings, to me is still incomplete. And of course, they're going to hit the portal and they're going to utilize some scholarships for some high school guys that that make their decision in February. So it's not completely done yet. But on paper, it's better than expectations. I don't want to say that losing a Travis Hunter in the manner that Florida State lost Travis Hunter will scare off maybe some of these schools because this is a premier elite high caliber prospect and all that. But I, I do feel like it sends kind of a warning shot, right? Like there there is a sense here where in a way, and unfortunately for Seminoles fans, they're kind of the guinea pig in this whole scenario where you wonder, could this happen again? And how do we prevent it from happening? I'm sure all the Blue Bloods saw that and they're like, okay, th- this, is, this is real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at Georgia. The Georgia was trying to flip Travis Hunter and, and Dion got that done. You know, Florida State wanted to sign Travis Hunter as well and Dion got that done. So yeah, I think that this is a, um, a test case, if you will, or maybe the first of many. We don't really know where it's going to stand. This is either this either sets a new trend or this was an outlier that you know was of historic proportions and only happened one time and will always be remembered. We'll see which direction recruiting takes. Yeah, Josh, speaking of of historic and kind of things that are happening right now that we haven't really seen before, and that would be the coaching carousel and the way it's, it's spun throughout this whole year. And there's a, a kind of, I want to say, maybe a new landscape in the state of Florida, the new head coach at Florida with Billy Napier, new head coach at Miami with Mario Cristobal, who has for a long time really prioritized the Sunshine State in his recruiting efforts. Um, and, and now Mike Norvell finds himself in a way uh, in kind of some new battles. I know that obviously they don't recruit all the same prospects, but they're in it for a lot of the same prospects. And with new coaches in place at, at two of the other in-state schools, I think it adds some dynamic there. What do you feel like Florida State needs to do to continue this ascension that we've talked about, the, their rise in a way in recruiting and, and the progression that they've shown? Florida State has a ton of work to do in terms of just becoming a better football team. And they're working on that through the transfer portal now, through the recruiting class. Um, but whatever's happened around them, you know, Florida State has kind of, is, has hopefully been on the right trajectory, seeing 
FSU win five games this year, you know, you hope they can build on that and, and get to seven or eight the following year. And if that's the case, then everything will fall in line because then you have kind of proof of concept here with Mike Norvell and the fact that he has the program heading in the right direction. But this is a pivotal offseason and it's a pivotal upcoming season because the facts are the facts. And Mike Norvell is no longer on the front end of his contract anymore. You know, he's heading into year three. They still haven't made a bowl game. It's not like he's on the hot seat yet. This thing could head in either direction. I just think that you know this upcoming season is very important for FSU because we'll know which direction this program's headed. I know this staff has been really energetic. Uh, they lose, obviously, Kenny Dillingham, who heads over to Oregon to become the new offensive coordinator there under Dan Lanning. But I do feel like from a holistic standpoint, if you look at that coaching staff and the energy that they put in in this cycle, I think back to one event, and that was the Midnight Madness. So Florida State has been rolling out different things and different tactics and 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 kind of different approaches to building recruiting classes. Do you see them continuing to try to be innovative and now to to put that kind of that that foot to the pedal as we as we like to say in terms of being able to sustain some of this momentum that they have with some new blood like I said at Florida and at Miami. Absolutely. And we'll see. I think the big thing with Florida State is that they're timely and I don't know, you know, from year to year if they'll they don't necessarily need to repeat things just for the sake of repeating them. Like the midnight madness worked so well because you got to remember coming out of the pandemic, recruits weren't allowed on campus. So the midnight madness was a whole buildup. It wasn't just a couple, a month of a dead period. It was like a year of a dead period and kids were finally let back on campus. So I don't know I think Florida State is going to do a great job of adjusting and adapting and being timely and catering their events and visits around what's happening in the moment. So yes, I think they'll continue to do that, but in what way, I'm just not sure. Yeah. So the early signing period in the rearview mirror, but we still got the traditional signing day that first Wednesday of February, and we've got the all-star season coming up. The practices for the Under Armour All-America game kick off next week, and then the All-American Bowl in San Antonio and, and those practices begin the following week. Is there anything else that you see Florida State trying to get done here in the next month and a half before the next signing period? Filling those needs, man. Uh, right now, <laughs> the transfer portal are. is so big, right? Like, I, yeah. I think that's added a whole new, a new dimension that all these schools have now gotten used to. Know, knowing, okay, we have this amount of scholarships left. This is w- where we need the most depth, and we never know really what that transfer portal is going to look like after bowl season. There could be even more prospects that go in there as well. Right. Absolutely. There definitely will be. There's a lot of guys that are on bowl teams or playoff teams that, you know, are contributors and they don't want to cause a distraction to their team, but they want to be starters. And after the season, they're going to put their name in the portal. So there'll be a second season and then there'll be a third season after spring practice. And uh, Florida State still has plenty of time. I don't think there's any reason to panic. FSU's biggest offensive line addition from last season came from Notre Dame, and that was Dylan Gibbons, a guard who started nearly every game for FSU this season. He committed to FSU on May 10 of last spring. So there's there's a reason to be concerned that FSU has needs to fill, but I wouldn't be panicked just yet that they are not going to fill them. So Florida State, despite losing Travis Hunter, the five-star prospect, the number one recruit in the 2022 class, putting together a really good cycle, number 14 nationally and number two among ACC schools. And for all the latest on Florida State and their recruiting efforts, you can follow Josh over at Knowles 24-7. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome, Blair. Thanks for having me.
All right, that is Josh. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Newbrook247. Like I said, the Knowles 24-7 publisher on the 24-7 Sports Network. That'll do it for us this week. Remember, check in next week as we bring you all the latest from the Under Armour All-America game in Orlando. For Josh and myself and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angelo. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.